Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni of Fantrax HQ and Blake Sullivan of Roto Baller. Welcome in to the Hot Take Podcast. My name is Stephen Taroni, Fantrax HQ. Joined by me, as always, is Blake Sullivan of Roto Baller. Today we are getting into some in or out, giving you all of your start and sit advice for week two NFL. Today we have a special guest, Chris Meany of Fantrax HQ. What's going on, Chris? Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's trying to hook up with you guys, you know, all leading up to football season. So now week one is in the books and I couldn't be happy to be joined by you guys. So thanks for having me, man. Football's here. It's exciting. Dude, it's really exciting. I couldn't even believe uh, just watching Red Zone on Sunday. Just, oh, it was back. I, I needed that, you know. I mean, honestly, one of my favorite things to do on a Sunday is just pop on the Red Zone and just get all of my fantasy points just coming in waves. I love it. Yeah, the notification of the phone, touchdown, touchdown, uh, in, in a league with you guys as well. Uh, not a hot start in your league, but it was a lot of, lot of scoring. It was, it was a good first week. I'm sure we'll get into some injuries. Uh, not too many casualties, but uh, of course, that's the name of the game. Guys, guys are dropping in football all the time lately. It feels like. Yeah, you brought it up. I guess, I guess we're gonna get into that. You did lose to Blake this week. I did. I did <laughs> lose to Blake. You got me, buddy. I didn't want to be the one to say anything. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was pretty close there until the end, and then I kind of took took it away. Yeah, you did. Uh, just looking at the matchup here now, actually, as we go. Yeah, you um, Yeah, you got me. It was tight, I think, up until late Sunday. That was it. Marvin Jones didn't do a whole lot for me. I lost Fournette, and, and that was it. Oh, yeah. Losing Fournette was, uh, was definitely tough. I mean, what, he, ended up, he ended with like eight points. Nothing hateful, right? Yeah. Better than the zero, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, it, it obviously could have been better. Um, yeah, going into uh, Leonard Fournette, he did not practice today, so he left the game early, obviously. That's why he only had the eight fantasy points in our half-point league. Uh, minor hamstring injury, it's being labeled as, and he's kind of day-to-day at this point, but didn't practice on Wednesday. Blake, are you concerned, or you think that they're just resting him for the game on Sunday? At this point, I think they're just resting him for the game on Sunday, but I'm more concerned about for the long haul. I think that this game, you know, he'll probably be limited. I don't think they're going to want to put him out there and run him into the ground. Uh, so he might play the first half, see what the score is. If they get a good-sized lead, they'll probably just bench him for the second half. I don't think they're going to want him coming out after halftime with that rest and then having to start running again. But I, it just depends on the game, you know. If they feel like they're in a, a spot where they really need to win and they're in a close game, you know, maybe they'll leave him out there. But I'm more scared – going down the stretch if he's already got a hamstring injury how long is it going to take for that to really heal 
Yeah, it's a good point. Um, you know, this is, is somebody who – this isn't his first injury, right? I mean, if you go back to his – his professional career at LSU, he's, he's dealt with numerous injuries. So it is concerning if you have Fournette, that was the risk. But knowing that nobody ran the ball more than Jacksonville last year and, and knowing that they upgraded their offensive line in the addition of Andrew Norwell, this is a team that wants to run the football. So TJ Yeldon will be involved. I, I think Blake's right. He'll probably be limited. Uh, I don't know if this is a game that they're going to run away with against New England. Now, it is a tough defense, of course, and it's the home opener. They're going to be fired up and ready to go. But I think Yeldon is certainly going to be sprinkled in. And I think if you're a Fournette fan, you kind of want to see him just maybe sidelined for a week. Because, like, to your point, like, maybe this is something that lingers on with him all year long. So you want to have a healthy Fournette down the stretch. Obviously, you spent a high pick on this guy. You want to see him on the football field, but you want him for the weeks to come. Uh, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be active. But I don't think he's going to touch the ball 20, 25 times, which we're used to seeing from him. You really don't want to – because you never know, like, during the week how capable you are of pushing off of that hamstring until Sunday comes and when when it comes down to it you know he's going through the middle and he's really trying to accelerate that's when the injury would happen it's not going to happen at practice when he's not going you know 110 percent it's going to happen when the lights are on the cameras are on and that's when an other injury would occur so hopefully you know it isn't too bad where he can play and nothing uh, happens but Either way, I'm firing up TJ Yeldon, and we'll get into that later for the uh, in or out. But I do think that TJ Yeldon, at least for this week, even if Fournette does play, does have some standalone value. So another injury here, kind of a similar situation. Uh, Devontae Freeman didn't practice today. He's got a knee injury. Um, They're listing him as day-to-day. It doesn't sound like there's anything too serious. So it does sound like a similar situation where, you know, they might be just resting him for Sunday. Uh, Blake, how are you feeling about Tevin Coleman right now? Uh, is he moving up in your rankings regardless of if Devontae Freeman plays? Yeah, I love Tevin Coleman. And again, this is a similar type of injury as uh, Leonard Fournette in the sense that it could be something that lingers later into the year. We've seen Devontae Freeman already have issues with that. He's also had the concussion issues. And that's why I drafted Tevin Coleman, honestly, is just because I don't know how reliable Devontae Freeman is over the course of a whole year. Obviously, he's really talented, and I think Tevin Coleman's talented as well. They see about 50-50 times, so you basically know that Tevin Coleman's going to get the ball some anyway, but he's got a huge upside if Freeman is to go out because Tevin Coleman can take that, you know, all those touches. He, he can shoulder all those, and he stays healthy. And he finds the end zone. He's a great receiving back. So I really love him, especially in PPR. Not a huge fan in standard leagues just because Freeman takes away so many of those rushing attempts. But I I still really love Tevin Coleman this week. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. It's it's tough to roll out Tevin Coleman, you know, especially in a standard league when Freeman is healthy. But when Freeman's missed time, and if you look at the, the last you know, last year when he missed those two games, Coleman was an RB1. He, he had touched the ball 20 times. He found the end zone a couple times. Other than that, he was, was a fringe flex guy. And it's just – it's a nice one-two punch. Uh, but when you look at these two backs over the past couple of years, Freeman has significantly outtouched him in the red zone, uh, carries and through the air and targets. But if Freeman is, is, is not practicing, and he didn't today, as you mentioned, and if he doesn't get on the football field by Friday, 
then I think you feel pretty good about Coleman as, as somebody that you can roll out as, as maybe an RB2. Maybe you're in a tough spot. Maybe you're still trying to figure out Bell and McKinnon. Maybe you didn't get Connor. Maybe there's still some issues out there. Eric Henry, who knows what's going on with him. So if, if Freeman is not playing, I think you can dial up Coleman as – as certainly an RB2, and if you just had him as a flex guy, you got to feel good about it as well because the opportunity is going to be there. When there's no Freeman, Coleman's fine. But when there's Freeman mixed in, it's just a, it's just a, for me, it's just hard to get behind starting Coleman when Freeman's around. But if Freeman does play, as, as to what you said, Blake, it could be closer to 50-50 than what we're normally seeing. Yeah, I really liked Tevin Coleman, and I didn't used to. Um, I think, you know, Freeman – two years ago and the year before it, I mean, just was on fire. I think, you know, in 2015, he had something like 73 catches. Um, so there was just no room for Tevin Coleman to get on the field because Devontae Freeman was just playing at an elite level. So now we've seen some of the concussion issues and we've seen the knee issues since then. And Tevin Coleman has just kind of sat back in his 150 to 175 carries, nothing too strenuous. And now we're in a situation where last, at the end of last season, the injuries were apparent with Freeman. Beginning of this year, we're already seeing it. So I do think that you're kind of on to something, Blake, where Tevin Coleman is kind of ready. It is a contract year for him. And it seems like, especially like you know, last week, when he's not getting that 20-carry workload, whenever he does get the ball, he flashes. Because he doesn't have to, you know, expend his body throughout the game. So anytime he does get the ball, he has a lot of energy, it seems. I almost like him uh, better in that situation. Uh, but, you know, volume is king in fantasy. So if he's going to be in a situation where he gets that, he's going to try to show out, especially because it's a contract year. And Kyle Shanahan is watching. Oh, so, yeah. First, hey. I, I'm telling you, I mean, it, you got – a Bad situation right now with the running backs in uh, in San Francisco. So if it keeps up like that, who knows? I mean, they, why wouldn't they want to get Tevin Coleman and pair him up with Jarek McKinnon? I think that could be an awesome combo. I agree. So moving on here, we got Kenneth Dixon out several weeks. He kind of ate into the workload that Alex Collins was supposed to get. I was really surprised that they didn't want to feed Collins at the end of the game. So Kenneth Dixon came in, had something like 10 to 12 carries, 43 yards and a touchdown just to kind of uh, wrap up the Buffalo Bills. If So Kenneth Dixon's out now. Are we feeling better about Alex Collins, or are we still kind of – are we iffy after uh, week two? Why don't you take it, Meany? Yeah, this is, this is interesting because, you know, I, I own some Collins, and this is a really good matchup against the Bills, and, you know, and certainly in DFS land, I know he was a popular cash play, but I honestly think it was just a matter of game script. And, and this – first of all, he fumbled. Uh, you know, right. near the near the goal line, and that put him on the bench for a little bit. But then he got back on the field and he was rolling. But th- this was just a matter of Baltimore just crushing Buffalo, and there was really no need for them to you know give the ball to Collins a whole lot. Hey, Dixon's missed a ton of time over the past couple of years. I think like twenty games since yeah. he was drafted in the NFL. So maybe they just wanted to see. Hey, let's see if this guy what we have with him he's right now he's healthy and now he's not and he's out several weeks so that's it so I think he can feel good about Collins I think he's a good buy low candidate you know Buck Allen I'm not all about handcuffing running backs but this is a team that wants to run the football and Buck Allen is going to be involved from time to time he we saw it last year especially in the red zone he caught some balls he had some some red zone rushing attempts but I don't think people should panic yet with Alex Collins I think it was just mostly game script if that game was close I think we'd see a lot of Collins and I think we'll see a lot of them on Thursday against the Bengals. 
I also had Alex Collins in a lot of leagues. Had a great matchup, and, you know, I really liked it. And he was actually my first touchdown of the day. Uh, started started getting that smile of fantasy football after his touchdown, and that was about all he did. But like like you said, you know, that game just got out of hand. So I'm actually a bigger fan of Buck Allen with this news than I am oh, yeah. of, of moving Alex Collins. I, I still think Alex Collins is the RB1 there, no doubt. But Buck Allen's going to see more opportunities now than he would have. Yeah, and we know – just from last week, that the Ravens love to use multiple backs. So Buck Allen, you know, his whole time with the Ravens, he's been used as the pass-catching back, and he's used in the red zone. So they seem to like him in that area. Um, I think they just feel like they have more options. They can go into the shotgun, run the draw. They can spread it out. Or they can just play, you know, ground-and-pound football with Buck Allen as well. So they kind of have more options with him in the red zone. That's a great call. I do love Buck Allen uh, moving forward. So we got Josh Allen. He was named a starter this week, and that's probably good news for Nathan Peterman. Uh, the infamous five interception game last year was against the Chargers, and that's who they're playing this week. So uh, they kind of sent him out there to the Wolves last week and uh, wasn't the best of news for him. Then we got Martavis Bryant. He's going to be making a comeback again uh, for the Raiders. So they're signing him to a one-year deal. I guess they cut him thinking he was going to be suspended. And now he's not going to be suspended. So they're signing him. Uh, Meany, do you want to touch on, is Martavis Bryant worth an ad in, uh, on fantasy rosters? Certainly not in a 10-team. In a 12-team, you know, I think there's other guys that, you know, Anunwa was a, was a hot pickup this week. I'd much rather have um, some other guys that, you know, I know you guys have written about and I've touched on as well here in the draft guide at, at Fantrax. Guys like Ryan Grant, who, who had a lot of opportunity, a lot of targets I'd, I'd much rather have. Um, a Godwin I'd much rather have. Martavis is interesting. I think, you know, having him on the field will, will help Amari Cooper because what we saw in – on the Monday night game against the Rams, what we've seen, what I've certainly seen over the past couple of years is, is Cooper gets shut down against good corners, shut down. Yeah. And he does absolutely nothing. And, and Jordy, I don't know how much he has left in the tank. And that's why we saw Cook have a monster game. And this is another good matchup against Denver, who was an elite corner, Chris Harris Jr. is just going to shut down Cooper. Probably going to see a lot of targets for Cook. So having Martavis Bryant on the field and just having him, you know, there's a lot of negative reports as you understand the playbook. Gruden saying sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. Now he's cut, now he's brought back in. There's a lot of question marks with Martavis Bryant. There's a lot of upside as well. I think in a deeper league, you can take a flyer if you're hurting from, you know, the wide receiver position. But I'm never going to feel comfortable playing Martavis Bryant. Maybe we get into week nine or 10 and there's buys and there's injuries in the right matchup. I'll, I'll roll them out there. But I think maybe this just helps Amari just a little bit because you need to free up some spots and somewhere to throw the football. Cause again, I just, I don't, don't know how much Jordy has left in the tank and it's just not encouraging right now for Cooper. So Brian's a little bit of a pass and for Josh Allen, yikes, man, good luck. I mean, he, he <laughs> throw him in against the chargers. I think he's got uh, a, a, the Vikings perhaps next week, an abysmal offense, a brutal line. So, I mean, it's not going to get any better in Buffalo, but it is going to be better than Peterman, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a tough start for the schedule for the Bills, man. Jeez. It, it, do we know if Joey Bosa is playing this week? Not sure. I haven't heard much on him. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll get closer, better news. Uh, I'm for, sure. for Josh Allen's sake, I, I hope he's not. Because... Right. 
Um, but, you know, at least he's a little bit more mobile than Peterman. He can actually you know, yeah, protect he himself. better. Peterman did nothing in that game. And he yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough go for the, if you're a Bills fan right now. But uh, going back to Martavis, yeah, I'm not too big on Martavis. I, I obviously like him a lot better when Ben Roethlisberger is his quarterback. Uh, man, Derek Carr looked terrible. I mean, was that just – was that just Monday Night Football, really good defense? I mean, but he, you know, he started off great. He was like something like 20 of 24 for like 190 yards, something like that. I mean, he didn't start off bad at all. And then he just kind of imploded. He was throwing the ball away with a clean pocket. And then that one interception where he, it's like he didn't even look. He knew, he knew. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What his read wanted to be, what he, what he wanted his read to be, so he looks to his right, and then he immediately throws a duck to the left, thinking that his running back is going on a wheel route, and he didn't. You know, maybe it was the running back's fault, but you still have to look. I mean, you can't just throw up a duck, man, not on Monday Night Football, not when the game's on the line. So I have no faith in Derek Carr right now. Maybe he can prove me wrong. Blake, how are you feeling about Derek Carr and the Raiders' offense this year uh, based on the other night? Is it more of a product of the Rams are really good? I mean, the Rams are really good, but – I'm going to be honest that Rams defense didn't even wow me that much. I mean, Marcus Peters had a pretty good interception and Aaron Donald had a few good plays, but they didn't even wow me all that much. I'm just not a huge Derek Carr fan or a Mari Cooper fan. I thought Jordy was going to be the wide receiver one there. I thought they were going to throw the ball to him more. Derek Carr didn't even look like he wanted to throw the ball to Jordy. I tried throwing to Amari Cooper a few times, but Jared Cook was the only guy who he hit over the middle a few times. Marshawn Lynch looked pretty good uh, as a running back, but I just really didn't see a whole lot with that offense that was clicking. You know, it was a few plays here and there that looked good, especially with Jared Cook, but that was about it. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going. Yeah, I'll say, you know, this team has a lot of holes. Obviously, they lose Mac. The defense is not good. They're going to be playing from behind a lot, so – you know, Cooper's going to have to try to find separation. Martavis is going to be key for them. Uh, Jalen Richard was a factor. Now, this is a deep, deep, deep league PPR format, maybe. And I don't think he's going to get nine, ten targets every game. But, you know, Lynch is not really the pass catcher. And neither is Doug Martin. So there is a slight opportunity that this team is just playing from behind uh, often. And there's some dump-offs to Cook and there's some dump-offs to guys like Jalen Richard. But, yeah, I mean – I agree. I didn't think the Rams defense was all that phenomenal. And yeah, he car started off fine, but maybe that was just game script and it kind of just got away from them after the first like few plays. I, I wasn't, you know, excited about that offense at all. And I'm not going forward. Yeah. It seemed like there was a breakdown in communication somewhere along the lines at the end of the game, uh, because he generally car did, you know, he had time to make his first or second read. He, he really did uh, mo- more times than not. So I, I think there was a, a, some sort of communication going on there with, with Carr and his receivers or potentially Carr and Gruden. Obviously, we saw on national TV them kind of, you know, talking over something towards the end of the game. So good call on Jalen Rashard, meaning he had nine receptions for 55 yards. We can't really project that for every week and no. can't just flex him in a 10 or 12 team league. But 
it is something to look for. Um, Doug Martin, they don't, they want, they don't want to use him as much. You know, Jalen Rashard would be the next guy. I really thought that Jalen Rashard is a talented guy. I didn't know why they brought in Doug Martin to begin with. Uh, they could be using Jalen Rashard, you know, more often it seems. Yeah, and they may. And I think he had one more carry than Martin. I think he had five carries than Martin's four. And you mentioned his involvement in the passing game. So, yeah, it's not. I'm not saying to go out and grab him right now in a, ten, in a 10 or 12. But if you're in a PPR and you're in a deeper league and, you know, you're hurting from the running back position, it's certainly something just to monitor and keep an eye on. For sure. Okay, guys. So, no Le'Veon Bell one more time. Fire up your James Conner. He is a locked and loaded RB1. Okay, guys, moving on. We're going to go into the in or out. We have quarterbacks. These are the guys that you're going to have to make a decision on, who you want to start and who you want to sit. A lot of these guys potentially could be on your waiver wire, depending on if it's a 10 or 12-team league. So let's start us off. Blake, Alex Smith or Matt Ryan? In Atlanta, just doesn't seem right yet. I mean, the whole year last year it looked off. Beginning of this year it looked off. I think they're going to figure it out soon. But they got to go somewhere else other than Julio Jones. Because if he can't catch the ball in the red zone at the end of a game, they're going to have some major issues because that's the only place they're throwing it right now. They don't give it to the running backs at the end of the game. They're not looking for their other options with Sanu or Ridley. It's always Julio Jones. And he's not catching the ball there. I mean, he had a monster game, but he didn't catch it when it counted. Uh, I'm going to go with Alex Smith, though, because he's got a good matchup this week going up against Indianapolis. We saw last week Andy Dalton had a pretty good week against them. And I think Alex Smith could have a huge week against them this week. Yeah, I got to agree. Uh, I got you know Matt Ryan is is pretty frustrating. Last season, it's zero games where he had three touchdowns, and he only had five hmm. games where he had two, and he only had five games where he had over three hundred yards. That's not the Matt Ryan who won the MVP with Kyle Shanahan a couple of years ago, and we all kind of gave him a pass in the first year. Maybe he didn't understand the playbook. Maybe he'll get it, and he got it, and he was awesome with Shanahan. And then we gave him a pass with Sarkeesian. Okay, the first year. Then they had all off season to prepare for the Eagles. The last time we saw them, they were at the link going against the Eagles, and it was basically the identical script. Like, there was, there was nothing exciting about Matt Ryan's game, appealing. Yeah, he targeted Julio, like Blake said, a ton, and then forgot him about to get him on the red zone. He was on the sidelines in third down and fourth down. That's not going to help Matt Ryan at all when this team is in the red zone and he's not on the football field. So, yeah, it's a no-brainer for me, actually. Like, I don't even want – to deal with Matt Ryan the rest of the year. Like he's got a great option in Julio, but there's just so many question marks with this Atlanta team. They lost a bunch of guys on defense this past week. Maybe that means more checking for Ryan, but for Alex Smith, this is a great matchup. As Blake said, against the Colts, they had fifth most passing yards last year, the third most yards overall last year. The defense looks awful again to start. So Alex Smith is, he was good last year. No one gave him any credit. No one gave him any credit again this year at drafts. He's fine. Jordan Reed's healthy. Crowder didn't show up. He's got some weapons in Richardson at Doxson. Uh, He's got a great weapon in the backfield in Thompson who can catch and explosive again this season. So, yeah, dial up Alex Smith. It's a good spot for him. Yeah, dial up Alex Smith for sure. The matchup is there. This is the guy you want to start. Matt Ryan's going up against the Panthers' defense that are pretty good. Obviously made Dak Prescott uh, look bad last week. Can't really compare the two. Um, but it, it just kind of seems like that the Falcons, they – kind of read into these uh, narratives that, you know, analysts kind of talk about. And they're like, oh, you know, you got to give Julio the ball more in, in the red zone. They're like, okay, well, yeah, we'll do that. And they really, like, hyper-target him to a fault. I mean, they're not utilizing, like you guys said, you know, Tevin Coleman in the flat. Or, you know, they have a lot of weapons, actually, 
uh, down to Calvin Ridley. He really wasn't a factor. Obviously, he's a rookie, so that's going to be taken into account. But, you know, Muhammad Sanu, get him the ball, you know. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys, Alston Hooper, they really have to get creative. And that was what made them the best offense in the league in 2015, obviously. They just don't have that anymore. So, yeah, fire up Alex Smith over Matt Ryan. Moving on, Matthew Stafford or Jimmy G? Stafford coming off the abysmal game. And, guys, last week I was the one who said fire up Matthew Stafford on Monday night at home against the Jets defense. I thought he was going to have a great game. I thought that, you know, Marvin Jones was going to have a couple touchdowns. It was going to be, you know, a great day for Detroit. Quite the opposite. So we got Matthew Stafford or Jimmy Garoppolo. Meany, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jimmy. Um, I do like Stafford. I was with you. <laughs> I played Stafford in cash, and I thought he'd have a, a good game against the Jets. But, you know, the defense didn't help him out. He got hit a ton. And yeah. I was surprised he – he. I know he sat on the sidelines for a little bit, but I was surprised he he made it through most of that game. I mean, right. just, like, it did not look good. But I'll, I'll go Jimmy, you know, at home against the Lions, who also – didn't look good defensively, right? I mean, the first play of the game was a mistake by Darnold, but other than that, the Jets were able to do whatever they wanted against Detroit. It was just they were not ready for that game at all. I'm sure there'll be, you know, maybe a little bit more you know, attention to detail this time around. But Jimmy was – I mean, he was a little bit better than I thought in Minnesota. You know, there was a play where he had Kittle wide open, he and he dropped the ball. That probably would have been a touchdown to the house. And the very next play after that was a pick six. So that was like a 14-point swing. Uh, it wasn't as Minnesota's a very, very, very tough place to go play football. They only lost one game at home last year, and they gave up 14 points in that game. So Jimmy ended up with 15 fantasy points. Uh, I think was okay. So now he goes home against Detroit. So I'll, I'll, I'll lean Garoppolo, but I'm seeing Stafford get dropped. Uh, you know, on the waiver wire, I see him available. I, I don't think people should panic. I understand maybe not wanting to roll him out this week, but yeah, hang around the waiver wire. I think he's a good ad. I think he's gonna be fine. So Matthew Stafford has over 4,000 yards and 20 touchdowns in his last seven years as a quarterback. I'm not worried about it. I said roll him out last week too. Uh, he actually lost me two of my leagues, but you know what's going to happen. It, he's going to have a bad week. I haven't seen a week that bad in a long time, but I think the problem for him was he was getting pressure so much and he just didn't have enough time to let the plays develop. He was throwing the ball. And it looked like the receivers had no clue the ball was even going to be where it was. I don't know if that was miscommunication with them or with Stafford, if it was just a bad throw or if it was just because the pressure got to him. But uh, like you said, I think there's going to be more attention to detail this week in their game plan. Stafford's going to go out and be perfectly fine. Last week, if it weren't for the interceptions, I mean, he only had one touchdown, but he still threw for 286 yards. And he had almost a 60% completion rating, which, I mean, it's not great, but considering he had four interceptions and was getting hit so many times, you know, he, he still, he still could have a great week. Yeah. I think that Lions offensive line is uh, kind of, people aren't really talking about how young they really are. Um, so they got some growing pains to deal with. Matt Patricia has to figure out what he really wants to do in his blocking schemes. Uh, we know that he wants to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, we know that he wants to play defense and, you know, it started off in a great game script for P Patricia, but it really fell apart there. Um, Sam Darnold impressed, and the Lions defense wasn't looking good at all. I'm going to go Jimmy G. Both of those are good plays this week. I think I'm going to go Jimmy G at home. 
Uh, real quick, did you guys see that one play that Garoppolo had where he pulled the ball down and rolled out to his left and threw the touchdown pass to Dante Pettis? Yes. Oh, man. That was pretty. That was nice. That looked uh, very, you know, Tony Romo-esque kind of. Uh, That that was nice. Um, So, yeah, Jimmy G at home is good. I mean, we just saw the Lions defense get torched by Sam Darnold. I don't think that Jimmy G is going to have a problem. So moving on, Patrick Mahomes or Kirk Cousins. So this is interesting because Patrick Mahomes, I think, Almost right now is the obvious answer here. You know, you got to play Patrick Mahomes going off of last week. So what I want to kind of uh, pinpoint on is, yeah, Mahomes played great and he's got all the weapons. But if those two dump off passes for touchdowns within the five yard line are handoffs, let's say the Kareem Hunt, well, then he his stats are decent. They go down to. 257 yards and two touchdowns, but it's not this great four touchdown game. So that could easily happen. Um, Meanie, start us off here. Kirk Cousins or Patrick Mahomes? That's a good call with Mahomes. Uh, Those two touchdowns go away, and yeah, he still has a a pretty good game, but uh, he doesn't finish his quarterback four. But you know who finishes quarterback six is Case Keenum, who also had, you know, three interceptions. Right? Right. He, he, He was a little bit inaccurate, but. I mean, you got to feel real good about Denver's offense compared to years past, right? I mean, it didn't – Sanders and Demarius Thomas had a touchdown in that game. That didn't happen once last season where both of them had a touchdown in the same game. So Sanders balled out. He had the 10 catches, double-digit targets. Demarius was a factor, had double-digit targets, had the touchdown. Uh, the offense was spread out nicely. I think that, you know, this – I would lean Keenum. But I actually have them both side-by-side side in my rankings. It's the same as Jimmy and Stafford. Um, you know, I have Keenum one spot ahead of Mahomes. And if you're a Rodgers owner and you don't feel great if he plays, you don't feel great about Minnesota because, I mean, why would you? In five of his last six games, he's thrown, thrown for under 213 passing yards. You could get by with playing both of these guys. Mahomes gives a sneaky little added element on the ground. He had f- five carries, I think, for 21 yards. Yeah. He's got weapons all around him. Uh, and Keenum's got a good matchup against Oakland. So, And, and it's at home. Uh, so I would roll Keenum, but it's real, real close to me. And both of these guys are, you know, especially Keenum, available in a lot of leagues and in fan tracks fewer than 70%. So a lot of quarterbacks have some tough matchups. Brady included. I get it's Brady. I get it's Rodgers. Uh, but you can get by with both of these guys this week if you want. So we got a little bonus in or out there. I actually asked about Kirk Cousins, but I love the oh, case. Cousins. <laughs> My bad. It's My all bad. good. It's all good because we got a little bonus. So that's fine. <laughs> I would go Mahomes over, um, over Kirk Cousins. Um, Okay, Cousins on the road against the Packers. Yes, 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 my bad. Um, yeah, I would go Mahomes. Uh, kind of the same reasons, a little bit more uh, yeah. explosive in all those weapons. But you, you bring up a good point because Kareem Hunt was not used really at all in the red zone and wasn't really involved in the passing game. So that bothers me a little bit in Kelsey, but uh, yeah. I will take the upside in what I'm feeling with, with Mahomes um, over Kirk Cousins. Like you feeling the same way? Yeah, I'm also taking Mahomes over for cousins i actually like the mahomes and case keenum point though that was that's probably what we should have had in here because i think that's gonna be a little bit closer uh, <laughs> anybody who's on my mind i guess oh, I from know. the very beginning <laughs> i know man anybody that's watched the show from the beginning knows i'm a huge case keenum fan really like what he did in minnesota and i love the move i just thought that those receivers he has in denver uh they've been slept on the last couple of years and just kind of forgotten about because of the quarterbacks there. They haven't had good quarterback play. So 
they finally got that. And look, it showed up last week with those two receivers, both having double digit targets and touchdowns. That's great. Um, they're still going to go with Patrick Mahomes. I just, I think the upside with that Kansas city offense is even better than case Keenum's upside with Denver. Yeah. And you know, big, part of doing these in or outs is just kind of looking at the draft capital that you spent on these players. And, you know, the consensus right now is Patrick Mahomes for the three of us over Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins was drafted in the eighth or ninth round and you could get Mahomes in the 12th. So it's just interesting when you look at it, you know, um, and then, you know, there's a lot of players that you draft and you're like, okay, yeah, this is the guy. And then, oops, he, he plays the Jaguars week two. Can't, can't play him, you know? So it's just like you, you got to really think about this sort of thing. But now we're in the season, and I'm going Patrick Mahomes. Uh, this game looks to be a shootout to me. Uh, Steelers in Kansas City, both defenses uh, aren't that impressive. The Chiefs last year were fourth in passing yards given up. So, and they looked not that great last week. Phillip Rivers carved them up. It was a good thing that, the Kansas City Chiefs got up early. So if they can't get up early in this game, if the Steelers kind of get the best of them and get up to this 14 nothing lead, Mahomes is going to be throwing uh, a lot. So really like Mahomes in this game. Uh, last one, guys. We're going to stick with this game. Patrick Mahomes or Ben Roethlisberger? Blake, who you got? I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes, no doubt for me. Kind of scared with Big Ben still. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is that young guy. They both have cannons for arms, but I'm going to trust Patrick Mahomes with his weapons a little bit more than Big Ben. I think it really hurts him not having Le'Veon Bell because it makes that backfield a little bit more one-dimensional. So, you know, if they're going to a run play or a run type play, I should say a run format, you know it's just going to be a straight run with James Conner, whereas with Le'Veon Bell you can run more play action stuff that opens up those eight, ten-yard catches from the backfield. It's a good point there by Blake with Le'Veon Bell. It's just that, you know, when he's on the field, it's it's such a different aspect. That game is – or the offense is just so much better. Uh, I have to just – I got to go with Ben here. There's a big enough sample size of what he does at home. And, you know, the best player on the field is Antonio Brown. And we saw Rivers throw for over 400 yards against – uh, this KC defense. So I'll go with Ben, but really, really close. I think both these quarterbacks have, you know, a real high ceiling. Yeah, both guys have a high ceiling. I love this matchup this week. I'm going to go Big Ben at home. I think he has a comeback after last week. You know, he loves to perform well after he does pretty bad. And last week was bad against Cleveland in the rain, um, obviously at Cleveland. So, you know, this is kind of the time where, you know, the – the casual fantasy football fan isn't going to understand that you can play Big Ben with confidence after kind of a dumper last week. Um, so play Big Ben with confidence. Love both of these guys, but give me uh, Roethlisberger at home. Let's go on to the tight ends, guys. We got Evan Ingram and George Kittle. I think George Kittle is one of the most added players this week on the waiver wire. I'm taking Evan Ingram. Um, I like him against the Cowboys this week. It's going to be, you know, kind of a uh, lean on the tight end sort of situation for uh, Eli Manning, and I'm taking Evan Ingram. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I think he's still going to hit Odell Beckham Jr. quite a bit, but I think the game primarily is going to be running with Saquon Barkley and with Ezekiel Elliott, so I think they're going to run down the clock a lot like that. Uh, I think they're going to bring up a lot of second and third and short, 
uh, situations. And I think that's where he's going to look for Evan Ingram. And I think Evan Ingram's going to get quite a few points in the red zone, maybe have two touchdowns even uh, as maybe the primary, primary look in the red zone. I think Saquon Barkley is still going to be getting a lot of the runs, but like I said, if they get a, second and short or third and short in the red zone. I think they're going to be looking for Evan Ingram. Yeah, I'll, I'll go a little bit different here. I will go with George Kittle. Uh, I've been pumping this guy's tires on fan tracks all summer long, so i got to stick with it for now. Um, you know, obviously I like Evan Ingram more as a tight end. Uh, that was a tough matchup for him last week. Uh, I think the Giants will lean on Barkley. Uh, I think, um, you know, you'll be able to run on this Dallas team a little bit here with, with him as with Saquon. But for me, it's just uh, I don't know about the health of Marquise Goodwin. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. Uh, Kittle got nine targets. If there's no Goodwin, uh, I think we'll see Jimmy. And uh, Jimmy and Kittle are going to like each other this year. They liked each other towards the end of last season. Uh, Kittle had a, had a monster game over 100 yards and found the end zone towards the end of last year. So give me Kittle in this matchup. There's no good one. Love it. Yeah, moving on, we got Trey Burton and Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron had big game last week. Trey Burton kind of put up a dud. But I'm going to go Trey Burton on Monday Night Football at home against the Seahawks. I think that they can utilize uh, that matchup from the slot. I think Trey Burton is going to be successful. So I'm going to go Burton over Ebron this week. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Eric Ebron. I just think that the game script's going to be a little bit worse for Trey Burton. I think they're going to have to make a conscious effort to get the ball to Allen Robinson. They need to find a way to get him jump-started because they're going to need him in the coming weeks. I really like the Chicago Bears defense this week. I think they're going to be one of the highest-scoring defensive teams. Hmm. They should get to Russell Wilson quite a bit. Uh, Russell Wilson's not going to have Doug Baldwin. That's going to hurt them some. So I think that the Bears are going to be able to run out the clock a lot, and that's going to mean a ton of Jordan Howard and a ton of Tariq Cohen. Um, And then if they make that conscious effort to get the ball to Allen Robinson, I just don't see enough ball going around for Trey Burton. I'll I'll lean Burton here. I do like Eric Ebron. I like Frank Wright going over there when he utilized all his tight ends in Philadelphia, and he's going to do the same thing with the Colts. Uh, You know, Doyle was the guy there, got a lot of targets. Uh, Most of Andrew Luck's dropbacks, Doyle was was running routes. It's a positive sign uh, for him. But Ebron, I think, is going to be more of a factor in the red zone. That was a tough matchup. Green Bay does well against tight ends. I know they seem like not a sexy, great defense. They've made some additions in, you know, at the draft with their cornerbacks. But, you know, I think Burton is going to be probably the favorite target for Trubisky. I think he's going to lean on him. He, they've shown some signs, some inaccuracy issues. And, you know, there was a play where Burton was wide open. The end zone would have been a touchdown for sure. But I'll go Burton. I think it's a good spot for him against Seattle. Man, that picture that went up on Twitter – I really th- I thought that that was like photoshopped. I thought that was not real. Right? Yeah, I mean that's what we're gonna get with Trubisky. We we're go- it's 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 gonna happen. But it, Nagy's a good. I'm confident Nagy, good play caller. They're gonna run some good plays. They got two solid backs, a great line. I I think that's just people are like, oh Burton, like it's just one game. He's gonna be yeah, fun. yeah, one game national television at Lambeau. Uh, that can't be you know underrated there. Uh, so moving on, let's go Jared Cook or Kyle Rudolph. Meanie, who you got? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Cook. It's yeah. tough when you rely on Cook. It's like that's when he bites you, he burns you. But yeah. what I talked about earlier, when there's a top corner on Amari Cooper, uh, this could mean good things for Cook. And they're going against Denver this week, and Denver struggled last year against tight ends. They allowed the third most fantasy points to him. They allowed double digit touchdowns to the tight end position. Again, they got. 
well, Tlaib's not there anymore, but what we've seen from Denver in the past is they lock down wide receivers uh, and then tight ends is just, you know, Cook is going to be a target for, for Carr going forward all year. Yeah, I'm going to go Jared Cook for the same reasons that Meany kind of touched on. I think that Carr, you know, he doesn't want to test those corners. Amari Cooper is going to be shut down by Chris Harris. We can already assume that. The pass rush is lethal right now with Von Miller. Um, I'm telling you, Carr is going to have a similar sort of game. If not, he might be under more duress this week. So he's going to be looking to Jared Cook. Um, I think Kyle Rudolph does have, you know, the touchdown upside. But kind of like what Meany touched on, uh, you know, Green Bay does play the tight ends well. So I'm going to go Jared Cook here for, you know, maybe that six or seven catch game. So David Njoku or Ricky Seals-Jones, both of these guys kind of duds, kind of similar uh, players, big athletic tight ends. Um, I'm going to go David Njoku here, and this one's close. But I do think that he did get a lot of targets. I think it was something like seven targets in last game. Um, He only caught three of them for like 13 yards. They give Njoku the ball a lot of the times in the flat, and they want him to run screens. I I wish they would just kind of throw the ball over the middle uh, uh, up top to him a little bit more. Um, I think you're going to see him targeted about the same, and I think he's going to come down with maybe five or six of them. So I'm going Njoku against the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to go with David Njoku this week. I like his matchup a little bit better than Ricky Seals-Jones. Seals-Jones is going up against the L.A. Rams. That defense is really good, and Arizona just hasn't shown us anything yet on offense. Cleveland's going to be going up against New Orleans. You know New Orleans is going to score a lot of points, so Cleveland's going to have to go out and throw the ball. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is going to be on Josh Gordon or Jarvis Landry or possibly a little bit of both of those guys. So they could be shut down quite a bit. And that's going to make David and Joku have to get some targets. And especially in the red zone, I think is where you're really going to see him shine. Love it. Love and Joku. I think he's, he's prime for, for a breakout season. And, you know, just to echo Blake, I just, it's not a great matchup for Ricky Seals Jones against the Rams. I just don't see this team scoring a lot of points. They couldn't score a lot of points at home against Washington. So, uh, and the saints defense looked bad. It's not that bad, but it looked bad. And there's some positive takeaways from Joku with the dead game as well. He had seven targets. He's going to be a red zone target for, uh, Tyrod Taylor, Tyra, whatever you want to call him these days. Um, so give me, yeah, Tyrod. So give me, uh, give me Njoku there. Yeah, I, I love Njoku. I just want to touch that Ricky Seals Jones is playing the Rams, and we just saw Jared Cook torch the Rams. So that's kind of why, that's kind of why I put this one up there. Um, but it's just kind of you know along the lines of do you have faith in Sam Bradford? You know what kind of game script is this going to be? I do think they'll be passing a lot, so I think Seals-Jones does have some opportunity, but I still am taking Njoku um, for the upside. I think he's the more talented player, and I think that he's just going to get as much opportunity as Seals-Jones in this game. So moving on to wide receivers, guys. Jamison Crowder or Quincy Inunua? Quincy Inunua is probably one of the most added guys. Meany, you stole him from me in, <laughs> in the bro-down league. So... Why don't you lead us off here? Are you going Inunua or Crowder in your flex if you have both players? I love Inunua, but I think I'll go Crowder just because of the matchup against the Colts. Uh, both of these guys, you know, playing some slot. And Darnold, you know, he went to Inunua a lot. 
And, you know, there's a write-up on Fantrax HQ, a waiver wire piece on Anunwa, if anyone's interested in him. He was, he was a factor when we last saw him in 2016. He was a factor in the red zone. I think he had 15 red zone targets. Brandon Marshall was on that team, hogged a lot of them. He's going to be the red zone guy for Darnold. It's, it's a nice spot for him in the slot. But I'm going to go with Crowder despite the poor performance last week. It's just about the Colts and what we talked about earlier. This is a good matchup. So, so look for, you know, Alex Smith in his first home game to just get on par with what's probably going to be his favorite wide receiver. Yeah, I love this matchup for Jamison Crowder, but I'm still going to go with Quincy Anunua. He looked amazing last week. Uh, Sam Darnold really liked targeting him too. Uh, this week he's going to go up against Miami. So this actually should be a better matchup than what he had last week. So I don't know that he's going to put up more fantasy points than he did last week because that was pretty incredible what he put up. But uh, definitely like his matchup this week too. I'm going to take him just for his upside. Yeah, if we're going face up with Anunwa and Crowder, I like Anunwa better as a player. Um, I was really anticipating Anunwa as being the number one wide receiver this year for the Jets. That was kind of like an off-season thing that I was thinking about. I was like, well, wait, if Anunwa is healthy, then yeah, he's the guy. I like him. And all of a sudden, he is healthy, and we saw it come to fruition week one. Looked great. I mean, physically, this man looks like a tight end. Like, he is big. Um, He can also run really crisp routes. He is a slot guy. Uh, I I like his matchup. I like both matchups this week, but I'm going to go in Nunwa, and that's just purely on volume. I think that the Redskins are going to want to run the ball a lot more. Obviously, we saw that. Um, Adrian Peterson had, I think, about 20 carries last game. If they get up in this game, they're not going to have a need to pass the ball. I like Quincy and Nunwa. Let's go Nelson Aguilar or Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is my guy. We all know that. Uh, last week, he really performed. But Nelson Aguilar is playing the Buccaneers this week. Blake, Kenny Stills or Nelson Aguilar in your flex? Yeah, I'm sorry to hate on you because last week you killed it with that Kenny Stills pick and I should have listened to you, but I'm still going to go with Nelson Aguilar this week. No Alshon Jeffrey. Um, Nick Foles is going to have to start passing the ball if they want to win games. They kind of got lucky last week against Atlanta. He didn't do much and they still won. Part of that's because Jay Ajayi had two touchdowns, but I really like for Nick Foles to start hitting Nelson Aguilar, and when he scores touchdowns, they're usually long touchdowns. Yeah, I have these guys side-by-side in my rankings. Uh, I'll give Stills the – I have him at 22 and I have Aguilar at 23, but in PPR, I will go Aguilar. I mean, we saw he was used a lot, 10 targets, 8 catches, only 33 yards, but to Blake's point, no Alshon Jeffrey. And Aguilar actually led the Eagles in red zone targets last season. He is a factor when the team gets inside the red zone. It's a good matchup against Tampa. Um, but if you're looking for maybe a little bit more of an upside, I mean, it's Kenny Stills. I mean, he was a beast last season. He was a wide receiver three. He's going to be a wide receiver three again this year. I have no faith in Devontae Parker at all. And uh, I think there's just a, a higher ceiling with Kenny Stills. But I will lean Aguilar in PPR formats. I think he's going to catch what we saw in that opener, those little five-yard catches, those slants, those, a couple end-arounds. I think we'll see a lot of that from Nelson Aguilar. He looks comfortable in the slot in Philly. Yeah, and if we see it against, you know, a poor defense, and last week the Falcons are pretty good, actually, defensively. Uh, If we see it against a poor defense, one of those is going to break for a big gain. So if he gets eight catches, again, in the same sort of situation, I think he's going to end up with a lot more yards than he did last week. I think he didn't even break 35 yards. 
Um, love Kenny Stills, but I got to chase the matchup here. I'm going to play Nelson Aguilar as the first read for Nick Foles um, in this game against a poor Bucks defense. So we got Sammy Watkins and Josh Doxson. Both guys have good matchups. Both guys can be viewed as potentially the number two target on their team. I love Josh Doxson. I just don't love Alex Smith and the way he plays with his wide receivers. So I'm going to go Sammy Watkins for the upside here. I think Watkins had a you know an average game last week. I think he's better for the Chiefs than he is for fantasy football. But that being said, he's still going to have decent games, and I think this is going to be a week where you can play Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I'm going to take Josh Jackson. I just don't really believe in uh, in Sammy Watkins. Last week he had three receptions for 21 yards, and over his career he has 15.8 yards per reception, which is great, but he's only broken 1,000 yards once in his career. Uh I don't really believe that he has an upside, uh, if I'm being totally honest. If there's any deep shots taken, I got to think it's going to be Tyree Kill that's going to get him because he's faster than Sammy Watkins. So you would think that he would be the guy that's open. Uh, the run game, they should start picking up more of the run game with Kareem Hunt this week. That would cut into his, his production. And then Travis Kelsey didn't really show a whole lot last week. And they're going to want to get him the ball, too. So I just don't see Sammy Watkins being that guy really at all this year, but especially not this week. Do I have to pick one? Can I just, like, make up a name like like I did with Case Keenum there and just kind of toss <laughs> him in there? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, uh, I'll lean Sammy because I feel like maybe it's going to be more high scoring. Josh Doxson is much like Sammy. Like, we're waiting for these guys. Like, at least Sammy has shown us something in the past. Like, Doxson hasn't shown us anything. His best game is, is four catches. He's never topped 100 yards. Paul Richardson was was more involved in the offense last last week. He had six targets. He had four couple grabs, I think four perhaps, and where Doxson had three targets, one catch for 11 yards. And in the preseason, he was looking Richardson's way. Alex Smith was. So I'll, I'll lean uh, Sammy Watkins in what potentially could be a shootout. Yeah, we're definitely still waiting on Josh Doxson. One thing about Doxson is that he always leads the Redskins receivers in snap counts. So he had, I think, something like 70 uh, snaps last week to Paul Richardson's 61, and Jamison Crowder's 49. Uh, last season, it was the same thing. Josh Doxson's always on the field uh, for two wide receiver sets and even one wide receiver set. So he does have the opportunity because he's on the field so much, but I just don't know if he's going to get the volume, especially with Alex Smith. So last one here for the receivers, guys, Corey Davis or Cooper Cup. Why don't you lead us off here, Meanie? Oh, yeah, these are my two faves. Um, I got to go with – I got to go with Corey Davis. I, I just think he's in for a, a monster season. And, again, on Fantrax HQ, uh, I had just a little touches and targets article there, and Corey Davis had, had 13 targets, was the sixth most. Mm. That was a career high for him. That was yeah. a career high, and he tied a career high with six catches. No Delaney Walker. I don't know who it's if it's going to be Marcus Mariota or, or if it's going to be Blaine Gabbert. That is an issue. Mariota's had some issues himself, but obviously yeah. uh, I would like it a whole lot better if Marcus Mariota was a starting quarterback this weekend. Cooper Cup is fantastic. He's awesome. He's going to be great. 
Oh, he's a red zone beast. He's second most red zone targets, but last season among wideouts. But I got to go with Davis. I just think he's in line for what is going to be a, a huge season. I, I, I think he can come top five in targets overall, guys. Man, is it bad that I would like Corey Davis more if Blaine Gabbert were playing? Is that, <laughs> is that bad? I, I really that is it. exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I yeah, mean, Mariota, what's wrong with him? Yeah. <laughs> It's like we can't rely on his legs. Now we can't rely on his arm. I, I just don't know what we can really trust with Mariota right now. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, Blake, why don't you take it, uh, Davis or Cooper Cup? Give me Cooper Cup this weekend. Like you guys said, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Everybody's been so high on Corey Davis, trying to get me to buy in on Corey Davis. I just <laughs> don't see where I can buy in on it. I just haven't seen it yet. You know, I don't know if it's because of the quarterback or because of the the offensive play calling or, or what's going on because he's got talent and I don't think Delaney Walker has really been taking away from it that much so I don't know how much is going to change now with Walker out just really don't know what to expect there this week or going forward into the rest of the season Cooper Cup last week had some end around plays that you know against Arizona if they break down he could get some big gains out of those and then he's been really effective in the passing game as well Jared Goff's looked really well uh, as far as throwing the ball so you know, I'm going to lean Cooper Cup this week. Yeah, I'm leaning Cooper Cup. I love Corey Davis, and I love 13 targets. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, he's a big body receiver. He's a talented guy who runs a hard comeback. Um, and, you know, you can throw it up to him on the 50-50 balls. But, man, Jared Goff loves him some Cooper Cup. And it seems like no matter who's on the field, as long as Cup is on the field, he's looking for him. And, you know, we saw him with get the touchdown this week. Uh, he you know, was that he had over like 20 red zone targets last year, something crazy. I mean, this guy is legit. Um, so we actually have to look at Cooper Cup as being, you know, a wide receiver two type player on any given week. I'm going Cooper Cup here. Let's get into the running backs, guys. This is a tough one. It really depends on game script here. But, you know, I'm hearing a lot recently that People think that Deion Lewis is the better overall back than Derrick Henry. I'm still not on that boat yet, but I do pick Deion Lewis this week over Derrick Henry because I do think that the Titans are going to be coming from behind. Um, Meany, is that how you feel, or are you still on board with Derrick Henry? Uh, yeah, that's how I feel. And you're right about game script. I mean, if you watch that game, it started off Henry. It was Henry. In the first quarter, Henry had eight opportunities to Lewis's zero. And then in the second quarter, it was Lewis to Henry's zero. And it's going to be a confusing backfield to monitor all year. I mean, they said that, right? The, the Titans said there's going to be games where Henry touches the ball 20 times, and there's going to be other games where Lewis touches the ball 20 times. And it's all about game script. If you think that they're going to be playing from behind, then Lewis is going to be in there. And they lost their starting tight end. They lost their starting left tackle and perhaps their starting quarterback last week. So it's not a great start for this offense in general. Uh, so Lewis is just more – he's just more dynamic. I mean, he can catch the balls out of the backfield. He's great in open space. So I will lean Lewis. I'm not completely out on Derrick Henry. I think he's a phenomenal running back, and he's great. He, it's a fantastic one-two punch. It really is. Henry's going to be fine. Uh, but I, right now, from what I saw, is, is, is Lewis is, is the guy who's in there, and he's getting all the snaps 49 to 20 and eight, 16 carries to, to Henry's 10. So, mm. And eight targets to Henry's one. So right. I, I have to go Lewis. I don't have much to throw in there. I'm taking Lewis pretty easily here. Really like the receiving upside, and Meany pretty much hit all the points there. 
Yeah, it, it really comes down to opportunity. And uh, Dion Lewis isn't going to be game scripted out. It doesn't seem like I don't think that the Titans are going to have a big lead against the Texans where they uh, just pound it with Derrick Henry. So we got Tevin Coleman or Bilal Powell. Let's assume that Devontae Freeman plays. I'm going Bilal Powell. I really liked what I saw for Powell this week. Uh, it would be interesting because he did start the game. Um, he played the first couple series for the Jets until we saw Crowell. It would be interesting if Crowell earned himself the start after having that big run. Um, he did end up with a touchdown on like a big 50-yard run. But I like Bilal Powell. It seems like he can't. he's another guy who can't get game scripted out because if they're behind, he's going to be on the field. But it seems like they want him on the field uh, if they're running the ball too. So I'm going Bilal Powell over Tevin Coleman this week. I might take Bilal Powell even if Devontae Freeman was out. Wow. I just really like, I really like what I saw last week. And I'm a huge Tevin Coleman fan. But Powell looked explosive. Uh, he looked useful both running and receiving. Like you said, I just don't see him getting game scripted out. And this could be another good matchup for him this week. Yeah, three for three, guys. I like Blah Powell. I like what I've seen. Uh, I was frustrated last year as a as a Powell owner. I, I expected a little bit more from him, but I just think he's to your point, Steve. He's you know he can't get scripted out. He's just he's there on the ground with the twelve with the twelve rushing attempts, and then he's a factor in the passing game more so than Corral. Even though Corral has had some, you know, I think a couple years ago he was a factor in the passing game, but I think Powell is just is just more explosive. I think he's a better pass blocker too. So yeah, give me Powell. Yeah, most definitely. I think it's funny. We love Bilal Powell when he's undrafted, but when he's a fourth or fifth round pick, man, we hate him. We can't stand Bilal Powell when he lets us down like that. Yeah, no uh, doubt. So a couple more here, guys. Let's assume that Fournette does not play. Let's assume that TJ Yeldon is the starter. Let's talk about this uh, Patriots-Jaguars game. Would you go TJ Yeldon or Rex Burkhead? Lead us off here, Meanie. I would go with TJ Yeldon if Fournette doesn't play just because there's just not a lot of other options in Jacksonville where in, you know, New England, we don't know if Michelle's going to play in this game. I know they lost Hill. I was actually pretty pretty surprised that Burkhead got those 18 rushing attempts. I thought he was going to be on a snap count. I think he's dealing with one knee. Uh, but I will go with, with Yeldon because, again, what we said earlier, this team wants to run the football. Nobody ran the ball more than them last year. They got Norwell. They want to run the football. They want to keep it on the ground. Yeldon was, what did he have, four, over 14 carries. He's a factor in the yep. passing game as well. So uh, if there's no Fournette, I think you can dial up Yeldon with confidence. It's just a guy who's going to touch the ball. Yeah, I'm right there with you on taking Yeldon over Rex Burkhead this week. I think James get, uh, James White is going to be the guy in New England pretty much this whole year. He's my favorite running back there out of all of those guys anyway. I think Michelle has a good upside, but obviously you've got to see him healthy and in the lineup before we really, before we really can trust him. Um, TJ Yeldon is going to be that option if Fournette doesn't play. And like you said about the Jaguars, they like running the ball. They like the short passes. They like to run down the clock with that great defense. So I think it's got to be TJ Yeldon. Awesome. Yeah, that's three for three there, guys. I think TJ Yeldon um, is going to be used a lot in this game if Fournette doesn't play. And then, you know, you have to expect them to be down at a certain point. Uh, I love TJ Yeldon in the passing game, and so did the Jaguars. So taking Yeldon over Burkhead, even though Burkhead, you know, he could easily get two touchdowns and be a big factor. Um, both are good plays, but I'm going to go Yeldon. 
Okay, guys, uh, before we get into the hot bowl predictions, Meany, I got to thank you for coming on. Um, it's been such a pleasure. Big fan. And um, can you just tell the uh, folks where they can find you on Twitter and then what's coming up on fan tracks for you? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, guys, have, having me on, guys. And, and hopefully I can get you guys on my podcast, which just launched here at, at Fantrax last week at the first episode uh, with Jake Seeley, by any means necessary, um, at Chris Meany is where you can follow me. So I'll be, you know, pumping out some articles. Um, you know, I'll be doing like a, a little weekly targets and touches thing and a waiver wire thing and, and some picks and some rankings throughout the week. And I'm doing some stuff over at uh, the footballers, fantasy footballers. If for those who are into DFS, we do a podcast every week and, and writing up some articles as well. So if you, uh, you're looking for, um, you know, the DFS package, if you want a code or whatnot, you can hit me up on Twitter. It's, uh, we'll give you the code, a little bit of a discount. So thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a lot of fun, and hopefully we can do this again. Most definitely. All right, before we get you out of here, what is your hot bowl prediction for week two, Meanie? Yeah, um, this is this is out there. I, man, I really like Mitch Trubisky and what's going on with the Bears. Um, it, maybe this is going to kill me all year because I've been just – I've loved what I've seen, all the moves in the offseason. So last year, like, Benny Cunningham led the team in catches for one game. They had, like, Terry Cohen was a rookie, had the second most catches. Kendall Wright was on that team. They just revamped everything. I love the line. I love the defense. You add in Mac. You add in Smith in the draft. They can get after the quarterback. You got Taylor Gabriel who can make plays. You got two backs who can catch and can make plays. Um, and it's all about Matt Nagy for me. You bring in Robinson. You bring in Anthony Miller. He didn't see a lot from him. There's just a lot going on there. So for my prediction this week, I think Trubisky's a quarterback one this week. I think he finishes ahead of guys like Brady, and he finishes ahead of guys like Aaron Rodgers in tougher matchups. He brings a sneaky added element on the ground. We saw a rushing touchdown last year in a small sample size. He had the eighth most rushing yards per game. It's almost like starting with the touchdown guys in standard league. So I like Trubisky. I know there's going to be some kinks and some, some frustrations. <laughs> we talked about Burton wide open. It was almost like a Photoshop. What's he oh, doing? Man. You can't see him. And he missed <laughs> Robinson a couple times too. That's yeah. going to happen, but I'm confident in Matt Nagy in this offense, some RPO, some quick throws, some explosive plays, and I'm not confident in Seattle's defense at all. Yeah, not confident in that defense, and they're going to be at home. Uh, that crowd's going to be fired up on Monday night football. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if you think that he can uh, have a safe floor with those rushing yards and potentially the rushing touchdown, yeah, there's no reason why uh, he can't be a QB1 this week. Um, I like it. Blake, what's your hot bowl prediction for week two? Yeah, I love that pick from Meany. I'm going to go with Geronimo Allison over 100 yards and a touchdown this week. They're going up against Minnesota, so it sounds absolutely ridiculous. But I think Xavier Rhodes is going to be shadowing Devontae Adams or possibly even Randall Cobb with the week Cobb had uh, last week. So that's going to leave Allison open a little bit more. Aaron Rodgers has not been afraid to throw to Geronimo Allison, even last year when he was – less experience you know they've they've had a good connection so far uh last week geronimo allison had five receptions for 69 yards and a touchdown uh, really that's not too far fetched for mine that's only 30 more yards so really looking for him to maybe even more around seven or eight receptions this week though yeah and you know allison is still on the waiver wire in most leagues so if he's if you're telling me he's going to get 100 yards and a touchdown then he should probably be at it. Um, go get him. Go get him now. Um, my bowl prediction for this week, my hot bowl prediction is Big Ben is going to throw five touchdown passes. Look, we love revenge games, and 
every other week is a revenge game for Ben Roethlisberger because he always kind of th- finds a way to look like, you know, it could be done, you know, last year. Maybe I just don't have it, guys. And, you know, we saw last week the struggles on the road for Big Ben. He's back at home this week in a favorable matchup. Big Ben, book it. Five touchdowns this week. Love it. All right, guys. On behalf of Blake Sullivan of Rollerballer, my name is Stephen Taroni. Thanks so much for our special guest, Chris Meany. Uh, Catch all of our stuff on the Hot Take Podcast at rollerballer.com. And we will see you later. Enjoy week two, folks. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Hot Take Podcast. Check out Fantrax HQ and Rotoballer for your fantasy sports news and analysis. Follow the guys on Twitter at Stephen underscore Taroni and at Blake Sullivan FF. See ya!